0: All right, welcome to the solo episode. Every Tuesday is a solo episode and then Fridays I have a co-host. I never really know what I'm going to talk about for the Tuesday episodes until like last minute. And finally this week I was like, fuck it. I'm talking about married couples or, you know, couples that are in a romantic relationship not sleeping together in the same bed or even the same bedroom. And I know the reason why I decided to talk about this today because we just moved into a new house and I thought, okay, this is perfect. The dogs are going to start sleeping downstairs. We'll start sleeping together again. Yada, yada, yada. Not working out that way. So I was like, fuck it. This is stupid. Why do I put so much pressure on my husband and I to sleep, like to physically... When I say sleep, I don't mean like have sex. I mean physically sleep together in the same bed why is there so much pressure like it's ingrained in our heads to think that that's the right way to be married and if you don't do that then clearly you don't have a good relationship well I'm here to say that that is not true I just made myself a little Nespresso coffee. That's one thing that I wanted to start doing was make myself a little Nespresso in the afternoons. And so far it's been great. I don't know why that was like a goal of mine. Another goal that I have, which is so random and stupid but like I would like to have a glass of wine every now and then uh, and just like have it at night and like sip on it and enjoy life. In, in that way and for whatever reason I find that difficult to do like after I had Milo and not drinking for so long I feel like I don't have the same taste as I used to have when it comes to red wine like I used to really enjoy it and I you know I could have a glass of red wine like at any time and it was like enjoyable and now I find almost like I'm forcing myself like to sit there and enjoy a glass of wine. So really, I need to find a wine that I love, that tastes delicious to me, so that I can, you know, a couple nights a week, just like sit and enjoy a glass of wine with my husband. That's just something I was like, I just decided I want to have Nespresso in the freaking afternoon and I want to start having a glass of wine every now and then. And it's funny because I, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I just went for my Botox appointment last week. And they were filling out a patient questionnaire with me and they were asking me all the typical questions like, you know, your height, your weight, like your activity levels, like all that stuff. And they were like, and how many alcoholic beverages would you say you have in a week? And I was like, oh, like, honestly, I'm trying to drink more wine than I actually do. And like they burst out laughing. But I was being serious. They were like, that's so funny. Most people are trying to cut back on wine. And I was like, no, like I literally I don't drink. I might have like wine once a week, not even like I don't even remember the last time I had a glass of wine or a drink. Um, And so I was like, yeah, like it's just something like, you know, I want to find a good wine and like have wine one or two nights a week. And they were like, OK. <laughs> so I realize that sounds stupid. Um, and part of me right now is like, Renee, you should go back and delete that whole chat that you just had. Uh, but I'm going to leave it in. I'm going to leave it in. And just to like as a side note to that, I am going to be recording an episode about like mommy wine culture because I think that is such an important topic and I had talked about it previously because I used to make especially during quarantine I was drinking way more wine than I do ever like have ever Um, not like in excess but I would have like one or two glasses like a few nights a week and which is more than I usually do Um, and so yeah I used to make a lot of TikTok videos about you know, like funny mom things about having wine. And then someone reached out to me on DMs and she had struggled with um, alcohol in the past. And, you know, she was however many years sober now. And her message was just so lovely. And it made me just look at how we use like wine and alcohol, especially in the context of like being a mom as like a comedic thing. And like, don't get me wrong, there still are things that, you know, it's like any kind of comedy, it's funny, but then at the same time, it can be an actual problem for people and so it's not funny when you look at it in that way. And then the more and more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, so many of us, especially on TikTok, like we make these videos that are meant to be funny. And it's re- it's like the content is, you know, like moms having a hard day and then using alcohol to cope in like a funny way. But it's not, like if you actually think about it, it is not funny. And some people do that as a coping mechanism and it's not like a healthy coping mechanism. But then when you are inundated with videos and content that makes light of drinking and using alcohol as a coping mechanism, I think like then it can become a problem. So anyways, all this to say, like what the hell, Renee, you're five minutes in and you haven't even gotten to your topic. But all that to say is that in the future, I will have an episode with an addictions specialist and we are specifically going to talk about like the mommy wine culture is what I call it, but it can be any kind of alcohol um, because yeah, I think it's it's super interesting and it's a good Topic to put out there and have people think about. All right, I will just get into today's topic. So, romantic partners sleeping together physically, not sex, in the same bed. To start, what I wanted to do was just go through kind of my husband and I's evolution of bed sharing, we'll call it. So, when we started dating and we were having, let's call it sleepovers. Um, yeah, of course, we would always share a bed. Um, there, were, I didn't have an issue with it. However, previously, like I had surgery on my sinuses in 2015 and I met my husband in 2012. So there were a couple years there where most nights I had raging sinus problems. So... What happens is I would either not be able to fall asleep because my sinuses were bugging me or I would wake up in the middle of the night and my sinuses would start bugging me. And what it felt like was almost like you were always about to sneeze and like my sinuses would just fill with snot. Like, sorry, but that's the word I'm gonna use. And I would be constantly blowing my nose. So when I would sleep at his place, luckily he had two bedrooms. Oftentimes in the middle of the night, I would just sneak out and go sleep in the guest bedroom. And, you know, it's so awkward. Like here's my boyfriend at the time and I didn't want to wake him up and him be like, Jesus Christ, like, why is she blowing her nose all night? Um, you know, like, what's her problem? So I would just like quietly sneak away and go sleep in the guest room. And then usually in the morning he would just come over to the guest bed. And yeah, that's how that worked. At that time, I don't remember either of us snoring or like heavy breathing, like none of that because I am a light sleeper more so now than before. And I think that has something to do with having a baby and just being like super aware of sounds. Um, But I remember thinking, I'm so lucky he doesn't snore or like breathe heavy. Like he's just a silent little sleeper which was perfect. And so, you know, most nights we would sleep together and it was fine. But if I had sinus problems, I would move to another room. So that was dating. And then we lived together for the first time when we moved to Victoria, BC, and we had a two bedroom condo. And during that year, I would say, we slept together, no problems, like all the time and our bedtime routine was that we would watch tv together um whatever it was and then usually i would fall asleep first and like he like not i wouldn't actually fall asleep but i would like roll over and get comfy and he would like finish watching his show like the daily show or whatever and then he would turn off the tv and his phone and everything and then we would go to sleep and then always, because I was a student um, and he was working as a physician then, he would get up much earlier than I would. And he would just like shower and get ready. And somehow I would just kind of like doze like in and out of it um, throughout him getting ready. He would come say like goodbye in the morning, give me a kiss. And then he would leave for work. And sometimes I would get up at that time or sometimes I would sleep until like 8.30, 9. And then I would get up and have my day. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Simplify your kid's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. And then I'll just jump to, so that kind of pattern of sleeping and our bedtime routine was, you know, that was for a few years. And then when I was pregnant, I didn't really have any issues sleeping when I was pregnant. It was the same kind of thing. We would go to bed together. He would stay up a bit later, watch TV. The only thing about me being pregnant was that I got up to pee a lot, which is super common. Um, and he's such a deep sleeper that it didn't even bother him. Like he wouldn't even know if I got up. Um, so yeah. And that's one thing I should point out. Like my husband is used to being on call So, you know, his phone can ring at any moment, like, throughout the night. And he will literally, like, get up, get ready, and be out the door to go, like, treat a patient. I can't even come downstairs and have him greet me with a kiss. Like, I get irritated because I'm not fully awake yet. So we have different, like, sleeping capabilities and also different... Like we're in different moods when we wake up like he is like up ready to go like you know like just like chipper and I am not like I am like I need probably like 25 30 minutes to like fully wake up and feel normal and in that 25 to 30 minutes like I don't want people talking to me I don't want him coming up to me and like giving me a hug and like kissing me like I don't know if that makes me like a grump It's very short term, like 25, 30 minutes. Like that's all I need is 25, 30 minutes and a coffee. And then I will be able to meet you at your level of awakeness. All right, let's get to the good stuff. So after Milo was born, I did breastfeed like exclusively for a few weeks, maybe like two weeks Uh, or no, maybe we started supplementing with formula. My husband knows more so than I do, but Milo was sleeping in his little bassinet right next to our bed that we were both sleeping in for weeks or like months, I would say. So for those months where Milo was sleeping right next to our bed, our sleep routine and schedule went like this. I, and I've probably talked about this before in a podcast, and this worked amazing for us, but I know some people are against it, but um i would go to bed at 6 p.m my husband would come home from work we would have dinner we would chat whatever and then i would go to bed at like 6 6 30 and then my husband would stay up with milo in the living room and do all the things that needed to be done um and then at midnight my husband would feed milo change milo um like fresh diaper whatever put him in the bassinet, and then my husband would come to bed. So I got like a solid six, like five and a half, six hours of sleep before my husband came to bed around midnight with Milo. And then overnight when Milo would wake up, I would just like sit up in bed, breastfeed or formula feed whatever I wanted to do at that moment Um, I had snacks beside the bed I would scroll on Instagram like do whatever I needed to do and then fall back asleep Um, but because I always have a hard time falling back asleep just knowing that I had that solid like five and a half to six hours um, before midnight just made me feel better and feel like I wasn't sleep deprived ever because I was getting that really good chunk of sleep in. So for those few months that's what we did and then yes when Milo got up overnight I would get up with him mostly unless you know like he shit himself or like you know there was he peed in the bassinet or something like that then like my husband would get up. And help, and actually, often if Milo was gonna have a bottle, my husband would go and get it, and like like set me up, and then he would fall back asleep um, beside me. So yeah, that worked really well for us. And then the next transition came when Milo went into his own bedroom, into his crib. So when that happened, I stopped going to bed early and my husband and I would hang out like in the evenings after Milo would go to bed. Um, And then oftentimes my husband, this might blow your fucking minds, my husband would sleep in our bedroom with the monitor and I would go to bed downstairs in the guest room and downstairs in the guest room with a sound machine so I was getting really good sleep unless Milo had a really bad night and then obviously I would hear it and I would get up Um, but yeah that's what we did most nights now if my husband was operating the next day then I sometimes would sleep upstairs and he would sleep downstairs um, without the monitor so that he could get a good sleep so when this Sleep pattern started. This is when I began watching a little bit of a reality TV show in bed in the dark on my phone before I would fall asleep. That is kind of how I like would wind down and just like clear my head and like really relax like do nothing else. The reason this worked so well for us is because I'm a horrible sleeper if I'm woken up like one or two times throughout the night, my husband can wake up and fall back asleep instantly. My husband can also hear little noises and like coos and like whining and whatever and not be woken up. Whereas I could literally hear Milo fart in the other room through the monitor and I would be up for hours. So if other husbands are listening and they feel pressured now to sleep with the monitor and let their wife have a good sleep... Like this is, I'm not saying that this is going to work for everybody. This is just like our situation and, you know, we did what would work best for us and for both of us to be able to get a decent sleep. Now, my husband did probably have some bad nights. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask him on Friday when we record the urology episode. Um, But yeah, he knew that, you know, me staying home with Milo was a shit ton of work and that, um, it was important for me to be able to sleep. Uh, so it just, it worked for us. And I'm so thankful that we found a system that worked for us and that my husband was willing and like offered all the time to sleep with the monitor. Like most nights I would be like, okay, I'll sleep with the monitor. It's okay. And he'd be like, no, like, no, like he would be adamant that I slept downstairs and got a good sleep. So yay to my husband. I should also point out that while I was pregnant, Muffin developed diabetes. So what that means for him is that he gets up a few times overnight to go pee. So he pees on like the little pee pads, but that would wake me up. So I was being woken up like three times a night from him getting up, like jumping off the bed and going pee because I forgot to mention that both of our dogs have slept with us in bed since day one. Highly recommend never having a dog sleep with you because it will come back and bite you in the ass. So now sleeping with the dogs was annoying for me as well because, you know, Milo was now sleeping through the night most nights and not making noises, but now I had a friggin' dog getting up three times a night to go pee. And what also happened is after having Milo, I never used to care about sleep. If I didn't get a good night's sleep, it was like, oh, well, whatever, like I'll just go to bed early tomorrow or I'll take a nap during the day. I'll, you know, sleep in. Well, now... It's like once sleep is not in your control, so once you have a baby and sleep is no longer in your control, you become obsessed with it. So naturally, I started to go to bed earlier after we had Milo and like he was a toddler and he was sleeping through the night. I would go up to bed earlier, but my husband stays up for like an hour and a half to two hours longer than I like after I go to bed so it would drive me insane if if he waltzes into the room and gets into bed two hours after i've already gone to bed that's gonna wake me up and i will rage inside additionally sometimes he gets up way earlier than i do like at 5 45 or like 6 and while you know lately i've been setting my alarm for 6 10 or 6 15. Before, I didn't. I would just sleep for as long as possible. So I never wanted... Like, his alarm sounds like the world is ending because, like I said, he's a deep sleeper. Like, my alarm is like, dee-lee-loo, dee-lee-loo, and his is like, burr, 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 like, no, I can't do it. So that would drive me insane as well. So in our old house, like the house that we moved into into the when we moved to Toronto, we had, like two extra guest rooms. So what ended up happening just naturally kind of happened is that my husband would start sleeping in the other room with the monitor. Um, So I was like, okay, I would go to bed early, watch my show, fall asleep, and then wake up in the morning. And it was just lovely. Like, I was always getting a good sleep. Another thing that um, we don't really think like i haven't mentioned in this podcast is that he's on call a lot so if i'm sleeping with him when he's on call and he gets called in the middle of the night and he's like talking on the phone and then he has to leave go to the hospital come back in the middle of the night like can you imagine that like brutal so in my mind when we were going to be moving into the house that we're currently in i thought okay this is perfect like it's a fresh start a new house and my idea was the dogs are going to sleep downstairs from day one. Like they will never step foot upstairs in the bedrooms at all. So we went through with that. Initially, they started sleeping in the laundry room, but it was I think it was too like traumatic for them. They didn't like it. So we just started letting them sleep on the main floor um, and they were fine. Like they didn't make a peep. So my husband started sleeping in bed with me. And then things just started to get annoying. My husband and I both turn the big four zero 0 next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. Which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair's too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolavie.comslash MOMROOM. And Lola V is L O L A V I E. Like him coming to bed after I had already fallen asleep, or him heavy breathing or snoring. Like he claims that I snore sometimes, but I don't believe it. And so after a few nights where, you know, we started out sleeping in the same bed and then after a while, I would like poke him and be like, you're breathing heavy or like you're snoring or whatever. Then he would be like, oh my God, I'm just going to go in the other room. So I was like, okay, like go in the other room. And then I was like, started to get annoyed that I felt like we had to sleep in the same bed. Like it was bothering me. Like, why do I feel that way? And so when I mentioned this on Instagram, so many people, I was not expecting the response that I got from that post about, you know, like why do romantic couples have to sleep in the same bed? Like why, how did this become a thing? Um, And so many people were like, yep, like we don't sleep in the same bed. Yep, we don't sleep in the same bed. Like after we had kids, like we started sleeping separately. It saved our marriage, like da, 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 da. And it was like, whoa, like, clearly I'm not the only one. But, and like, it is common. It, clearly it's common to sleep in separate areas of the house. Um, but, like, I still had this, in like, this pressure on me. Like, I was doing something wrong if my husband and I weren't sleeping in the same bed. And that drives me crazy. So, naturally, I started to research where this, like, social um construct of you know married couples sharing a bed like how where did that come from so some of the articles that i looked at pointed out that initially families used to bed share like full families not just you know the 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 two parents and it was out of financial necessity so beds were really expensive people had small houses and also for warmth, uh, if you think about it, like cuddling up with people is, you know, warm. So there was that. Another article pointed out that it was like it provided people with a sense of security, which I totally get because when we were dating or like engaged or like before Milo came, I even today, like I'm uncomfortable sleeping alone in the house if I know my husband is not home. So if he gets called into the hospital, then all of a sudden I'm uncomfortable. Um, So I get that like sense of security when you're surrounded by other people. Um, Do I think they have to be in the same bed? Like not really. Although like I can see that at some stages in a relationship where you want them in the same bed. But for me, it's more so like having someone close by but that doesn't mean they have to be like in the bed with me basically if i can hear you breathing then you're too close to me but i totally understand that point of view from like a historical perspective um you know humans naturally like we're afraid of the dark and so if you're with someone you just you, like you feel safe Somebody else pointed out to me, and I was reading this in some of these articles as well, that, you know, back in the day, kings and queens actually slept in separate bedrooms. Like, when couples had separate bedrooms, it was seen as, like, like those were the wealthy um, families because they could afford to have separate bedrooms and, like, separate living spaces, which is also super interesting. Today... The annoying part to me is that there's this perception of couples that don't sleep together physically in the same bed each night. Like there must be something wrong with their relationship. And I totally get this because as I said on Instagram, when I was younger, my I had a friend whose parents didn't sleep in the same bedroom and I literally, I was like, oh, like they're going to get a divorce any day or like they must be totally unhappy. Like, ooh, there's something wrong there and they're still together today. Like, so nowadays, you know, we have heating systems in our houses. We have, you know, some people, like you can get alarm systems. Uh, Like you can take care of those reasons. A lot of us have multiple bedrooms or like couches or rooms in our house. Um, So you It kind of takes away the reasons why families started sharing beds in the first place, yet we still have this belief that, you know, in order for a couple to have, like, be in a loving, secure relationship, they need to be physically sleeping together, even if that means they're not sleeping well. And, like, we all know that that is bullshit, like, a good relationship... Is not based on the fact that you sleep next to the other person. Um, one article made a good point that was like a lot of couples do sleep together and they have horrible relationships. It reminds me of the argument that someone, uh, someone commented on one of my, I think it was a TikTok about how you know if you don't. Like playing with your child is basically what um, helps foster like a deep connection and like attachment with your child. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like there's so much more important things um, when it comes to like connecting with your child and building a secure attachment than play or enjoying play. And that's kind of this argument as well. Like If a couple is not physically sleeping in the same bed together at night, then they must have a poor relationship. Well, no, like a strong relationship is built upon so many more things than physically sleeping next to each other. So really, at the end of the day, I think, and I say this probably with regard to everything that I talk about, is like... You have to do what works for you. And for us, like my sleep is a priority. My husband's sleep is a priority. So we are just going to continue doing what works for us. And I'm going to not feel guilty about it and down like this is what works for us right now and that could change like maybe in six months from now we're going to be like oh I miss like sleeping with you like for whatever reason and that is how I did feel until we tried for like a week or two and I was like ugh, like this is annoying um So yeah, maybe down the road we will start like, and and it could be like on and off. Like some nights we will probably sleep together. Some nights we might not, like depending on if he's on call or whatever. We're just going to kind of go with the flow. But the annoying part was that I felt like there was something wrong because we weren't physically sleeping together. Does that mean we're not having sex? No. And I liked how someone pointed out on my post about this saying like, Like, it really does not determine whether or not a couple is having sex if they are, like, sleeping in the same bed together. Because, like, I'm 35 years old. I have a toddler. Like, by the time I go to bed, I am actually exhausted. I'm not thinking about having sex. I want to watch, like, 30 minutes of Real Housewives of whatever city and then just pass out. And also, when my husband's alarm goes off at 6 a.m. or my alarm goes off at 6 a.m., I also do not want to have sex at that time. I want to like barely make it downstairs because I'm still half asleep and drink my coffee and check my Instagram. That's what I want to do. And she made a good point that, you know, most couples that have toddlers or whatever are probably having sex during the day when the child naps. And that is accurate. And if your child doesn't nap, then maybe you're doing it um, like when they first go to bed at like 7 p.m., Uh, Because, yeah, evening and morning, no thank you. So one of the articles pointed out what the science actually does say, and that was that people sleep worse with a partner. And typically, someone, if you're sleeping with a partner, then 50% of your, like, wakings, I don't even know if that's a word, your wakings overnight are due to your partner, Um, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. So really, I just wanted to do this episode to like put it out there and be like, fuck, this is stupid. Like the social construct of romantic couples having to sleep in the same bed, otherwise they clearly don't love each other and aren't having sex is bullshit, okay? Um, Are we having sex as much as we did before we had Milo? Fuck no, but that's not because we don't sleep in the same bed, that's because we have a fucking toddler. Okay, we're tired. So... I will just end with let's remove the socially constructed and not science based belief that sleeping together physically in the same bed equals a good and strong relationship. It does not. There are many more important things. So thank you guys so much for listening to my little rant here. Uh, I hope people can relate and this made them feel a little bit better about their own sleeping situation. Friday's episode is with Tova Lee and Mike Lee and it's all about marriage after kids. It's freaking hilarious. I love them. So tune in to that one and who knows what next Tuesday's episode is going to be about. We shall see. So have a good week guys and I hope your children and you and your partner sleep tonight in separate beds. Ha <laughs>